What's up, gamers? This is Battle Mallet Podcast, episode 46. What the heck's Ed? Uh, for anyone that isn't familiar, the Battle Mallet Podcast is the journey of three busy gamers on their annual journey to the Nova Open Convention, playing games that they love and balancing life with those games. Uh, tonight's episode, we have some special guests from the What the Heck's Podcast, uh, and we will introduce them soon uh and as part of this episode we are going to uh get to know our guests so we have brian and skyler uh my name is jared johnson i am joined by trace hyde i might find my nemesis on this podcast tonight <laughs> maybe you maybe already have i know i have uh jason table new murray i really thought you were both my rivals but hey not not anymore no uh so from the What, what the Hex podcast, uh, we have Brian Homicidal Lama. What's up, what's up? And Skylar Omniops. Hello, thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we're, we're really happy to have the both of you here and welcome to the podcast. Um, so tonight's episode, we're going to do one segment where we get to know Brian and Skylar, kind of their gaming journey um, from start to where they are now uh, and talk about how they, you know, feel about gaming and, and their love for underworlds. Um, and then we'll take a break. And in, in the second segment, we're going to share our thoughts as a group on the nemesis and rivals format for Warhammer underworlds, uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, and, and then we'll wrap up the show. But before we get into any of that, I think, you know, now's the time to talk about what everybody's been up to. So trace, uh, there's been a lot of underworlds in my life, which is something that I haven't said in a while which is good. Um, built all the Gnarlwood box. I painted the Gnarl Spirit Pack. I haven't painted Sons of Vilmorn yet, but I've got like four four Warbands on deck, primed and ready to go. So the uh, the Gnarl Spirit Pack were a lot of fun. I, I painted them to match my Slaves to Darkness army, which I am also riding the hype train on because that new box came out this weekend, and it's awesome. That new Demon Prince, though. The new Demon Prince is amazing. Those new Chosen are amazing. Mm -hmm. The Theradons, while they're a little squishy, they hit like a truck and they look awesome. So I'm excited about all that stuff. So that's what I have been doing the past couple of weeks. Oh, and I've also been on a organization tear this weekend with my Underworld stuff because it was in a state that I would rather not talk about. Right yeah, now. your cabinets look amazing. Like there was stuff everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was. Uh, it's a mess right now. No, <laughs> so, no. I think, so I, think I might. I think I might post that picture and be like, "This yeah, is what happens don't. when you stop playing Underworlds for yeah, please two don't. years." Please don't. Um, so, I mean, we might as well let the cat out of the bag. That's not all that you've been up to, Trace. What do you mean? What do you mean? What you do you played mean? some Underworlds. I played a little Underworlds. Yeah. So I played last week. I played against Jason first outing with the new Gnarlwood rules. We played Kagra's Ravagers into um, the Shadeborn, and that was a lot of fun. Um, and then yesterday, we actually played in a Rivals event at our local GW store, um, and I ended up taking home some hardware from that. So that was mm. that was The red fun. trophy is yours. Yeah. First, the first red trophy is on my shelf over on across the way, and I've also for the first time i'm fairly certain 99 percent sure that is the first time i've ever beaten jared johnson in warhammer underworlds hmm. um it's always been a circle of death like i've always 
beaten Jason. Jason's always beaten Jared. Jared's always beaten me. And so now that cycle is broken. Hopefully <laughs> we can all kind of beat each other a little bit nope. now. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's what I've been up to. Jason, what have you been up to, buddy? A little bit of the same, you know, played playing Underworlds, getting Nemesis uh, decks, uh, testing those from our library, um, getting all that stuff underneath my belt, really liking Shadeborn uh, and the new season, uh, which I'm sure we'll get into more. Uh, because they are not easier to play. They're just, for me, more fun to play. Um, other than that, like putting a whole lot of magnets on the bottom of models so I can carry my warbands without them falling over. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I've put something, I don't know, like 25 magnets this past week on the bottom of models. Um, and then did a little bit of organization myself. You know, new season, got to get all the binders set up. I know you guys have gone with deck boxes, or at least Jared is completely changed over to deck boxes but uh, i'm still on the binder kick so i consolidated the first five seasons or whatever it is into their single season um binder i have three binders worth of warbands now and then all the rivals decks in another binder so um it seems petty but that takes a couple hours to do so (laughs) yes so that's what i've been up to skylar what about you man what have you been up to uh, so God of War Ragnarok uh, just <laughs> came out. Uh, oh, nice. This last week, yep. So I've only been able to sink four hours into that, but uh, I, I played every one of those. Um, and it's it's one of my favorite series. Uh, right up there with um, Survival Horror for me. Uh, I'm a sucker for God of War and Survival Horror um, in the video game category. Um, but uh, this weekend was hosting some friends over at my place for... Uh, just a board game day. I uh, do a lot of those. Uh, this weekend, I really wanted to try uh, Cthulhu Death May Die um, and uh, was really pleasantly surprised with the shenanigans that game <laughs> facilitates. <laughs> uh, it's got a really good uh, pace where, uh, you know, right out of the gate, there's this uh, elder one staring you in the face on this essentially doomsday track. And there's a ritual. Uh, every time you sit down to play, no matter what scenario you grab, there's a ritual, and you have to disrupt the ritual to summon the elder one to the board, vulnerable for a limited time, and take him down before uh, he becomes invulnerable and the grasp is too strong and takes you know takes down the world as we know. That sounds fun. Um, yeah. What's totally really did. fun is uh, he can summon in or whatever elder one is uh, looming down that threat track. Uh, can summon in before you disrupt the ritual. And if that happens, it's invincible. <laughs> and you oh have to my. deal with it and try to just like run away and disrupt that ritual to make it vulnerable, even though its presence is already there. That wow. sounds wow. horrifying. Yeah. Run away. Yeah. Yeah. We described <laughs> it to the players we that joined us. If If you're stressed, you are playing the game. <laughs> okay absolutely that seems fair so brian brian what about you well i was uh helping take down cthulhu as rasputin so that was nice uh blaze of glory but uh we what skylar didn't mention was two weekends ago we had a nemesis event locally um i didn't take home glass of another one of our wtc teammates did uh alex he brought home the red blood glass and then i 
I got what I wanted. I took home the Golden Demon card for the new organized play kit for Best nice. Painted. For his gorgeously painted Dread Pageant. That's yes. awesome. It was fitting. Oh, uh, nice I was Dread very pleased, but I was also uh, aiming for a smaller pond than Adepticon. I thought I had confidence at Adepticon, and then uh, the Pale King Hobbies rocked up with his uh, painted-on chest hair Hrothgorn. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I'm screwed. <laughs> with his pinstripe pantaloons. Oh, yeah, yeah. get out of oh, here. Oh, it was nuts. It was nuts. Um, but he deserved that. Um, so yeah, been cycling out, uh, the Dire Chasm cards, still using deck boxes, considering going to binders, but I didn't realize that I was ahead of the curve going to deck boxes instead of binders, but. Binders take up <laughs> um, a lot of space, man. Like. Do they? The doc, I, yeah, it's a, it, there's no perfect solution, right? No, there's, okay. there's not, but. I yeah. concur. <laughs> but the I do do the magnets too, so, so I'm on board with that train. Nice. Uh, but yeah, so doing doing all that. Um, yeah, just loving Underworlds deck building. Um, uh, just so many ideas in the new Gnarlwood card set that uh, I just need to play games and actually see what works and doesn't work in this new uh, rule set. Yeah. Awesome. Nice. Well, Jared, he is not the only one that may have gotten a special card. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, so... Played in the same Rivals event uh, as Trace, and, you know, we can get into the details there, but I did end up walking away with the best painted um, mm. from that, which was... What Warben? Kanan's uh, Reapers. Nice. Love so, it. Uh, a contrast-heavy paint scheme, but those models are so detailed that, um, that you can get away with uh, spending less time uh, and cheating a little bit with contrast, I think. Um, yeah. And it was... It was satisfying to know that that as a painter i have progressed to the point where i can still do a a remarkable job in not as much time as it used to take me um yeah nothing wrong with contrast like it's another tool in the tool belt exactly yep so so i mean so that was gratifying um and then outside of that so i'm actually in a binder deck box hybrid model so (laughs) Our, our local group for now, I think our, our strong focus is going to be on Nemesis. Um, and as I was packing away hundreds of universal non-rivals deck cards, mm-hmm. there were parts of me that grieved a little bit at some of the cards that I was putting away uh, into a deck box. But all of my warbands and the rivals decks themselves that are legal for Nemesis play are going to be in binders. So it'll be a hybrid model mm-hmm. um, just because I don't need to be able to leaf through you know, hundreds of universal cards right now, um, Mm -hmm. a lot. So I'll be able to take them out of a deck box eventually, but, um, yeah. And then I started painting the sons of Elmorn and then played a couple of games with them and promptly stopped painting them. (laughs) Um, because solitary tier. Yeah, it is. Uh, I'm not sure if it's going to be worth my time to get them painted right now. Uh, It's it's a rough time. It is. And yeah, but we can get into that later. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. So just, um, yeah, but a lot of the same getting organized, shuffling cards in and out, um, getting ready for the new season and, and hopefully ramped up play locally. Didn't you not um, assemble some other models for another uh, game? That's true. Yeah, I did. I got the Sentinels from, uh, from Marvel crisis protocol and those are assembled and primed. 
Um, and that'll be another nice quick paint job for me as soon as I get the time to sit down and do it because they're primed uh, uh, silver. And then I will just do contrast on top of that to get the metallic purple and pink colors in there and then do some washes. And then from there, maybe see if they need a touch highlight. Uh, I had to look yeah. it up. Those do look sick. Yeah, they're uh, they're. I'm excited about them just because they look cool and it's just going to make my display cabinet look cool to have like Sentinels standing around a bunch of mutants. Mm -hmm. um, but they also look like they'll be fun in the game. So nice. Yeah. Jason, did you pick those up too? Or did just no, Jared pick them up? Just Jared's the only one. I thought y'all were going to have a Sentinel off at some point. I'm so, I mean, not to get like, I guess it, it, it goes with the podcast, right? Balancing life with family and games and all that stuff. Like, I'm trying to not buy stuff like mm -hmm. uh, recently beginning of October, we went to Disney world and I, like I have, you know, for, for those that don't know, I have a four and an eight year old and it was the best vacation I have ever been on in my entire life. So I am making a conscious effort to divert hobby funds into going again. So mm. unless we're going to have this Sentinel off, like tomorrow, there's no reason, no reason no. to buy them. So, fair enough. I was just curious. I just remember that being a thing at some point. You guys were talking about yeah. having a sentinel off. Sentinels mm -hmm. v sentinels. We yeah. were. The, the other yeah. thing I didn't mention too that was a huge hobby accomplishment, and it really came from the event we ran the other day. Is it is official that in Underworlds I have acrylic tokens for oh, every yeah. type of token that that we could have. Oh, that's right. Same. Yeah. Same, same. I hit that milestone too. Yeah. Prestige. Yeah, That's it right. is. Because even like I have the old, and I forget, I think they were in a night vault where they put out those green hue yeah. tokens. Yep. So yep. those are going to be my raise counters. So nice. good. Yeah. Oh yeah, the green uh, wound they're, tokens. Yeah, they the were green. like translucent. They weren't all the way clear. Like foggy. Yeah, they yeah. were super foggy. Oh, those would be excellent raise counters. Just like the yeah. dice from that season two, those dice are terrible to read, but they mm. roll really well. They're yeah. rocking that like smoky, misty skull. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 I actually think they're the inner part of glory tokens, but like the fact that you can see through them, you could never use them as glory tokens. Mm. So. Yeah. Cause you can't flip them. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of, balancing the hobby like you guys are three dads but me and skylar are both dinks that's double income no kids uh <laughs> so <There you> go. <laughs> we're we're more flush with the hobby funds but uh and i am getting what i'm For getting <laughs> i'm getting yeah i'm getting married in next month so i'm having to budget myself as well congratulations yeah, thank you that's exciting yeah, and then kids soon to follow, so I'll be as we continue don't, podcasting. Don't do it. Don't. <laughs> That's what my my coworkers and everybody says, and I'm like, I'm amazed with how many people say don't do it. That the uh, human species has gone on this long. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's no, they're it's, absolutely it is, great, but it's yeah, definitely it's, right. it's the best thing that you'll ever have happen to you. It's also the most stressful thing that'll ever happen to you too. Right. Nope. So it is. All blessings, just know that it comes with a little more gray hair. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, cool. So, I think that uh, that wraps up the intro segment here. So, uh, we'll take a break. And when we come back, we will get to know Brian and Skylar a little more. 
And we're back. And now it is time to get to know Brian and Skylar a little bit. So whenever we have guests on the show, we like to ask them the same three questions. So uh, we'll go back and forth with each question, uh, give you guys a, a chance to answer and and let us get to know you a little bit more as as gamers. Um, and, you know, so I'll have the questions. Jason and Trace will be chiming in and asking questions, too. But we just want to give our listeners a chance to get to know who you are. Um, and so I guess the first thing that needs to be said is that you two are members of the What the Hex podcast. Um, so for any of our listeners that haven't keyed into that, that's some uh, pretty prime Underworlds content coming out of the podcast and blog, right? You guys have a blog that for we the do now. releases? Yep. Yeah. So so you can go over there. It's uh, What the Hex cast is the name of it. And I'll let Brian and Skylar give all the details uh, and there'll be links in the show notes for all of that. So all of that out of the way. Um, Brian, what is your first memory of board gaming? Uh, so aside from the usual Monopoly, et cetera, the first one that really got me like down this path was this old game that I shared to the Discord, Dragon Strike, just found on the shelves of some old thrift store and me and my brother just making up the rules why touch the rule book we tried to watch the vhs set that came along with it it was just for flavor and it was god awful but uh after that we then went to like hero quest or something where you had like hex tile boards and you could see then i yep. eventually found my way to 40k and uh tabletop gaming and i've been in it since 2008 so that was what I spent my money on when I was grounded from video games. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, good the, choice. The interesting thing about this story is this Dragon Strike game I bought off the shelf from a Toys R Us. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Brand yeah. spanking new. Yeah. Brand spanking. You actually probably bought the one that I sold to the thrift shop. Probably. <laughs> I was bouncing around the. Oh, don't get. Let's not get into years and dates. Uh, but, uh, Strike has a sick cover. Uh, the minis and the components do not look anywhere near as sick as the cover. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. That's I mean, yeah, cl classic. I'm assuming 90s. for a 1993 board game, it's yeah. probably right on par for what it should have been I'm, for that. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to have to look that up because I don't I've never heard of it. Oh, so. it's, the yeah. video was classic because it was like. <laughs> You could see the outline of the characters on the the green screen behind them. It was yeah, it was oh, awesome. nice. If you zoom in on the VHS, there's a like man scorpion king. So like when The Rock did his movie, I had this to compare to. So I thought The Rock was amazing CGI. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, oh, that's so yeah. good. Okay, so yeah, so that's awesome. Um, Skylar, your first or earliest memory of board gaming. Um, so skipping over Monopoly, etc., like Brian, um, my first board game memory was in college. I came home to visit for a holiday, uh, Christmas, I think, um, and my brother-in-law and older sister uh, had brought with them Arkham Horror 2nd Edition, the board game, Ooh. and they uh absolutely wanted to bond over this uh we hadn't spent uh well i don't know if that's fair uh but it was definitely a bonding opportunity um and they asked uh for at least a half hour of my time uh and then like if i'd given it a half hour um then i could be dismissed and they appreciate that i i, I gave it that much time and i remember thinking like oh like 
I'm taking this on as a challenge. You're getting at least an hour out of me on this. Because you were a major video gamer at the time, and so they figured they wouldn't be able to pry you away, right? Exactly. In fact, um, I had come downstairs from playing, uh, like connecting with friends that were also home on Christmas break over the latest Call of Duty multiplayer installment. I think at the time it was Black Ops. Um, So... Uh, that was what I wanted to be doing. Absolutely. And they tried their hardest to scare me away to like, they're like, oh, it's going to take us like an hour to get the game set up, but that's okay. Uh, The longer it takes to set up a game, the better the game will be. Trust us. Uh, So we got through the setup and the teach. And I remember at the half hour mark, I was like, what have I agreed to? I I wanted to get out of there. Uh, But when that hour mark hit, I was hooked. I was already starting to talk about like, are we going to be able to play this again yet? Uh, before you guys have to, you know, return home. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like we'd even be willing to stay up tonight. And um, I think my my older sister was like, well, I mean, like it's the three four hour game. Let's see how we're feeling when we get to the end of it. But sure enough, we we played back to back games. Um, oh wow, that's, that's awesome. awesome. And that might have uh, begun my love of Lovecraftian horror and um, mentioned Cthulhu Death May Die earlier. Um, I want to go back really badly now and play second edition of Arkham Horror and see how it stacks up. Death May Die is going to be up there in like my top personal favorite uh, Lovecraft uh, board game experiences. I've tried a ton of them, <laughs> um, but I think second edition, maybe it's nostalgia. Maybe it's the game that got me into the hobby. Um, it, it still sits at the top of uh, my favorite in that category and probably my favorite co-op games. Um, but could be nostalgia. The models, uh, the minis are far better these days than they were <laughs> in those fantasy flight games. <laughs> well, the, so the early Arkham Horror, it was like tokens, right? Like you didn't even have minis. Uh, correct. Yep. Uh, oh, yeah. Trying to. Th- yeah, the only minis. Did was there even character minis? Oh, there might not have been. I don't, I don't think so. I think I, I say like they were like round tokens with like their face on them, right? Yeah. So like the monsters were square tokens. You had these gates uh, that were circle. And uh, comparing it to Death May Die a little bit, one of the things that sets it apart is I loved narratively that you had these portals opening up around Arkham. And those were the ties to the slumbering ancient one. And so if you could close, seal all the portals uh, or enough of them, you'd actually cut the ties uh, to the realm. So the ancient one uh, wouldn't awaken, wouldn't enter uh, our realm. And so that was, you know, one of the ways that you could win. Um, But if there were ever too many gates open at any given time, then that would automatically summon them and the game would flip on its head and turn into a boss battle right there. And then, and that was your climactic finish. Um, so that, that was a little different than the death may die experience this weekend where it was always going to spawn. It was just a matter of whether or not you were going to have to deal with an invulnerable enemy or a vulnerable enemy when it did. Yeah. Um, yeah. Awesome. That's so, cool. Awesome, awesome. So what was the transition into tabletop then? This guy, uh, <laughs> it's my Brian. fault guys. It's my fault. <laughs> Yep, he uh, has been trying to get me into 40K um, pretty much as long as I've known him. Uh, and he's always looked for that stepping stone to get me into miniature games. And uh, actually, Underworlds was um, the trick that eventually did it. Uh, he was like, hey, like, 
I think that this would appeal to the card gamer in you. I know you're practically allergic to uh, measuring tapes at the table. There's hexagons instead here. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I think you should give this a try. I, um, if memory serves, he actually uh, picked up uh, the Beast Grave box for me as a gift uh, for that, that Christmas. Mm-hmm. And then we sat down and started playing. And we've been playing ever since we opened that box. That's awesome. Nice. First, first hit's free. Yep. That's right. The 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 phrase from the Lord of the Rings, that is a kingly gift, popped in my head <laughs> uh, just then. That's a good um, one. Yeah, that's a that's a good gift. Yeah, so we yeah. we dove in in Beast Grave, and that was uh, late 2019. So uh, we all know what happened nice. after that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so not a full fledged tabletop game yet, though. You still allergic no. to the rulers? Okay. Oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> He's still allergic to the tape measures, and he keeps getting free hits. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yep. Now it's hard to transition in that case. It is. So, Brian, yeah. I don't know if you're interested, but I did find a full copy of Dragon Strike on eBay for $115, if you're feeling nostalgic at all. Oof. Mm, so That would be... <laughs> that would With be videotape in, in, included. <laughs> full VHS... They say they're quote unquote painted as well, and they are not oh. painted very well. So I might take um. a look at it, but I, I like I said, we didn't even look at the rule book, so I don't actually know how the game plays. That's awesome. <laughs> not Man, worth it. I think that's my favorite part of that story. Yeah, it's, like that's classic, like young. Like, yes. Oh, look at this thing. Let's just play it. I'm pretty sure my brother and I did that with Battle Masters. Like, yes, that's, that was the floor hammer stage. Is what well, I said. Yeah. A lot of the podcaster gamers that I see for 40k, they got in with like uh, Space Crusade, yeah. and I'm like such a sci-fi nerd that I'm like, oh, why couldn't I have found that? <laughs> but <laughs> here you are. So, um, favorite game I think at this point is Underworlds. Yes. Yes, absolutely on this side. Yeah. 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 40 yeah. 40k is still my main squeeze. Uh okay. Underworld. Underworld's definitely is probably what I play more of though. Um okay. obviously you can play it a lot quicker. Um mm. and it it really allows me to play casually and competitively and uh get that competitive edge out rather than spending 3 hours at a 40k table. Yeah. Trying to sweat it out and then being met with failure <laughs> fair fair what in the current edition of 40k what's your favorite thing chaos i'm just oh. chaos through and through just like yes, just yes. undivided oh. or like full bellicor like you've got le- legionaries and demons or I've got black legion alpha legion death guard world eaters emperor's children you name it like i the when emperor's children come out I'm going to go full hog into that one. That's going to be bad. Like, World Eaters too, I'm assuming. Yeah, Angron's going to be coming in. <laughs> I dabble in a lot, but Emperor's Children are going to be the one I go full bore into. But all kinds of chaos. Um, the chaos is basically what I play in Underworlds. Um, although these two, when after we cracked open the Beast Grape box, I got gifted because we do like a Friendsmas Secret Santa. I got gifted Zarbag's gets because they're like, they're not chaos and they're the most squishy faction. And uh, I taught them. <laughs> yeah. I taught them to fear the snurk. Absolutely. Oh, whirling, whirling ball. Yeah. Worthy to be feared. 
unfortunate for my friend or other uh, co-podcaster josh he is i finally got him into the tabletop with zinch and thousand sons and so when we got into underworlds he's like <laughs> eyes of nine like and he no. tried he tried, he so, tried hard. so hard <laughs> <laughs> yeah so Dang. did jason <laughs> i still you know, do still do Dave- Davy dusts them off every once in a while just to show us that he can school us any day with us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He came in one day and we were just like, okay, like you're going to go easy on us. And he beat both of our butts. So we were ha- hackling up so hard. We hadn't seen him uh, the entire pandemic. We finally get together and we're like, what'd you bring? And he's like, eyes of nine. And we started laughing <laughs> at him. Like, oh, okay. What else did you bring? And he's like, well, no, I had it. another war band with me, but now it's eyes of nine. <laughs> that's awesome. So, Brian, what's your favorite warband? Like, what is your your favorite favorite of all time in Underworlds? I've been playing Dread Pageant the most. Uh, I, I gotta I gotta shout out though to uh, the Crimson Court because that's just a pack of special characters. As model wise, I think that's the best. But my favorite warband, I gotta say, is the uh, Skittershanks Claw Pack because it's got my fiance to play. Oh, oh nice. that's awesome. Yeah, awesome. she she's always uh, grown up with pet rats, and so she got in with oh. the ratty band, and they're sick models as well. That's that awesome. Are. That they are. All right, Skylar, favorite war band? It is Skaith's Wild Hunt. Yes, they were my first love. Uh, they were the the side of the box. Uh, I was excited to play. I've always had a thing for Elvish uh, factions, so uh, every single one of those has continued to grab my attention. I uh, had a brief stint there where I grabbed uh, Headcracker's Mad Mob. Well, I wouldn't quite call it brief, uh, <laughs> but uh, they also have pointy ears, as uh, Brian and Josh <laughs> made sure to point out to me that I can't get away from them pointy ears. Um, but uh, um, I think my favorite one to play thus far has actually been... Um, Elethane Soul Raid. Okay. Uh, yeah. I but Scathe will forever be my favorite. And uh, I actually brought it to the Nemesis tournament uh recently. Nice. Which cool. I'm sure we'll touch on yeah. a little bit later. Yeah. Jared, yeah, it I'm, sounds like a I'm, mirror dimension of you and me, basically. It really is, yeah. Um except for I'm not allowed to play Soul Raid. No. No. No, you're no. not. No, I played Soul Raid like was it twice yes. in person with Jason? Yes. And we mm-hmm. we both determined that I'm not allowed to play that warband. Because this, yeah. I can't, my brain cannot can't keep track manage of the, soul, the soul soul token. token. Yeah. I can't do it. it. It just doesn't, it's not there. I can't compute, does not compute. Three Sky activations is. later. Oh, I'm like, oh dang it, the, the shell token. I'm like, uh, yeah. Every time I think I'm like finally leveled up and I'm getting big brain plays, he does something nasty with the fish. Yeah. yeah. Whoa, family show. Family show. <laughs> <laughs> it's a four-letter word fish <laughs> that is four-letter f word even yeah oh uh, so get the squeak hammer out yep being such diehard underworlds players uh, i think i know the answer to this question but brian what's your favorite format to play uh it's it's championship uh but i do really appreciate nemesis and enjoy playing it it brings a new dynamic to deck building uh considerations um so i i don't have any 
loss of interest when playing Nemesis either. It was a lot of fun. Um, even Arena Mortis was a lot of fun. Oh, Arena Mortis. Yeah, we like some Arena Mortis. That is, yeah. that is beer and pretzels underworlds right there. You guys know Absolutely. how broken the monkey is from the, from the Buccaneers? Oh, I have no doubt. I have no doubt he's busted. Yeah, Josh busted the game with him. <laughs> <laughs> I, my favorite was when uh, Gerard played the squig. That like when we played them or um, yeah, uh, Rita Morris and he played the squig. It was hilarious. So, Just one of the ones out of the gets or yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah. Oh boy, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, that's awesome. That's great, Skyler. You championship all day, every day, all day, every day. Okay. However, um, I, I like what Brian said there. Uh, I have a lot of respect for um, like the the three main formats right now, right? Rivals, Nemesis, and Championship. I love the um, just the onboard ladder that's there, and like the um, level of depth that you want to get into the game. Um, starting again at Rivals, uh, I, I just really like that we have those tiers, and um, that they're going to help continue to grow the game. Yeah. However, um, Alliance um, is my bucket list format. I want to play that so bad. So, so you, you like the team aspect of it, huh? Absolutely. Uh, the I, So I really dig the deck building, uh, and I love restrictions. So Nemesis um, helps tick, uh, like tick that or scratch that itch for me. Um, however if I could jump into an Alliance format where three people can't have uh, duplicates across all three decks, uh, I would absolutely love like the conversations and strategy that would unfold from, you know, okay, one of us gets great strength, you know, where's, where's that going as well as all the other uh, fun cards and staples that, you know, uh, the team would be looking to pilot field. We had fun with that. The one time we did that team tournament online during COVID yeah kind of strategizing with that that was fun yeah and for us i i think we always had somebody was the heel like okay two people get overpowered decks and then we Mm. throw the heel at what we think is the the strongest Uh, yeah that was so much fun guys it was You guys bought him a bottle, though, right? <laughs> yeah, a baby bottle as I was in the corner just crying myself to sleep. No, the <laughs> no, Alliance was always fun. It has always been fun. And I, you know, with any tabletop game, in my opinion, like I love doubles events because it's mm-hmm. you spend so much time playing against your friends, like trying to beat them. It's awesome when you can get on the same side and act as a team. So I'm right there with you. I think there's a lot of space, though, now, too, with Nemesis to allow that, where you can just be like, you have four players, you have to have four different Rivals decks as your supplementals. So there's still still space to do that in Rivals, which I think, or uh, Nemesis, Nemesis, which I think is really cool. That's Um, a good point. Agree. Yeah, and I'm going to get stuck with Deadly Depths. Awesome, Trace. Thank you. <laughs> I didn't say nothing Illusory about Might. Like, <laughs> I'll, t- I'll take that one. I'll take Might over, yeah, over absolutely. Uh, the other one. Yeah. But anyway, I think we established your, your gaming creds. We've established why you love Underworlds. Now I have some like really strange questions about podcasting because both of you are fairly new to What the Hex, right? Yes. Yeah, so like... Uh, three or four episodes right yeah so, as as of the gore chosen um release 
because we did the like first battle report for Gore yeah. Chosen. Yeah, that was our first episode. Nice, very cool. So, what are your thoughts on podcasting so far? Yeah, it's 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 okay. It's interesting. <laughs> it's interesting. It's just basically chatting with the guys. Like we we always hang out for probably a half hour to an hour after each uh, gaming day, where we're just talking about the game, talking about our games. Uh, it's kind of an extension of that. I would agree. Uh, one of the reasons I wanted to joke around a little bit there it was when the realization hit us that it's we didn't have a what the hex episode that we could uh, get excited for as something that we weren't a part of, right? That every two weeks hit of what the heck went away for us uh, <laughs> from like a listener standpoint. Oh yeah. That's, a, yeah, that's, an, that's interesting an interesting point. Yeah. yeah. Really? Cause cool like when our episode drops, I'm like, I got something to listen to. Cause I don't remember what I said. <laughs> <laughs> I do always uh, re-listen to torture myself with how annoying I, or what, what I did or didn't say came off as as i intended or whatever if if my voice just sounds annoying to myself same though <laughs> yeah we are all our own worst critic so you are yeah. not alone in that that is just human nature so something yeah. i've noticed i think uh when you're in the podcast mode uh you want to make sure that you're a contributing member of of that episode and you, there's uh, outlines that we do in advance. That's um, kind of the secret sauce. You know, here's the structure of the episode with things that we want to cover. So you kind of get in your head, like, when am I going to insert uh, this particular point that I want to make sure that I tackle at uh, some, you know, sometime during the course of the episode. So I've noticed as I've been re-listening to episodes when they, when they do release that um, I get to approach it from a completely different headspace. I'm no longer making sure that I make sure to get certain points out um, by the end of the episode. I actually just get to relax and listen more to the conversation. So I end up picking up little things that uh, I missed because I guess I was in my own head. Yeah. And that's a, I mean, that's a great tip for anyone that's out there and interested in podcasting. Like sometimes the conversation seems to flow very fluently, like fluid as you're on here, but mm. even, yeah, like I'm, I'm like thinking like four questions ahead or four statements ahead, or I got to remember to say this. So sometimes you do get lost in the moment as you're going through it. So that's a great mm-hmm. observation and I'm glad you're already yeah, ahead of the you. game. When you've got a thesis rent ready to go and you're just like, let me, no, no, no. You're sitting there holding your note cards, just waiting for the, for your time to come. And Phil Phil and Davey make it look so easy. We want to make sure that we uh, can stay or not bring the bar down. Yeah. (laughs) Well, come on now. It's not that high up there. Right. So ratings right <laughs> so that leads me to my next question and this one and i'm i'm very curious and genuinely curious about it so why join what the hex and not just start one on your own like why would you want to be around davy and phil brian do you want to take this one i got roofied <laughs> <Whoa! laughs> <laughs> no we we started our uh gaming and just our own uh hanging out at each other's place uh Skyler was really taken off with it as I knew he would because it had hexes and uh, he looked for where the local scene was and Phil and Davey had been holding down the fort, you know, trying to get the uh, passing interest. And we, we were coming with three guys uh, and that's 
you know a, a pretty good surge to any um uh regular gaming group and so when we came in there was phil and davy and two other friends of ours uh who well two others who became our friends and we just started hanging out regularly and suddenly it just kind of spiraled from there because when the group is having fun other people see the fun and want to join in the fun and i think that's what really kind of spiraled it and we we Davey just brings such a dad energy. Uh, if you didn't say it, dad energy. If you didn't say I, it, I was going to. And Phil, Phil does bring a really good uh, analysis to the game. So we were getting a lot of growth out of both of them, uh, giving advice on our deck constructions. And um, yeah, it was just a great place for our love for the game to grow. And the group was having fun. So the community kept growing and we, eventually even outgrew our gaming store that we were in and we had to level up that's a fantastic story yeah but it's like phil and davy were holding down the fort for since shade spire so like they were they were there from day one so that's why we joined them yeah uh i mean to add to that they are incredibly genuine and they have um like a strong personal mission to grow this game and to foster this community. And so when, and that, that was something that like just comes naturally uh, to these guys. When we first showed up to the tournament, they were immediately encouraging us to, you know, come play at, at the local store. And uh, so we're like, Oh yeah, we'll go check it out. And then we kept coming back because they're just such great guys and they were constantly um, interested in what we like about the game and interested in uh, understanding if we wanted to just be ca- uh, like casually into the game or if we wanted to like really try to compete in uh, like at Adepticon and at an event level for championship. So um, always constantly um growing our abilities and offering us advice, uh, interested in looking at our deck lists and working on those with us. So they were always there to help us grow in the game. So when uh, they approached us about joining the podcast, one of the things that uh, Davey wanted to make clear right out of the gate was that um, they would be all right with us uh, creating our own podcast. Um, both at that time, uh, like if instead of joining the what the Hex podcast, he could just push us towards, you know, helping, uh, grow the community voices. Um, he would do that. He would put in efforts to help stand us up on our own platform, both, both him and Phil, um, whether that be under the mortal realms, which is, um, like the, the parent organization, um, that, they fall under or the umbrella yeah they're a part of that network the mortal realms network um so he was interested in getting us out there getting our enthusiasm out there and you know whether that was joining the what the hex podcast or you know pushing us towards doing our own thing um, just adding more voices to the underworld's scene really and globally they wanted to let us know that there would be no hard feelings if we ever decided that we did want to go off and do a side project instead. Um, but the, all of that preamble wasn't necessary. Uh, it's all heartwarming to hear. But when Davey and Phil invited us onto the podcast, we couldn't say yes fast enough. We wanted to be a part of that. Absolutely. Yeah. We just want to see the game grow. And we yeah. wanted to contribute and hopefully be a positive force for that. 
And that's awesome. Like that, that cannot be said better. Um, you know, I've never met Davey or Phil personally, like, like in person. Uh, I've definitely talked to Davey for however many years now, like four years or whatever via online messaging. Um, and that sums it up perfectly. Like Davey has always been a calming force in this community, like approaches mm-hmm. a very even keel, the very dad, like, and I think Phil, um, you know, for those that haven't listened to that podcast, Phil has a very analytical mind and analyzes the game very, very well. So um, I'm very happy that you guys found a home and that you're part of that podcast. Uh, more importantly, I'm very, very happy to have that podcast be part of our community um, because they are such a, it is such a driving force from championship community. Uh, and then just really what the underworld's community is all about building the game. So thank you both for sharing. Yeah. And, and if we don't talk positively about them, we'll get fired. Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> Your salary will go to zero. That's yes. right. It's 20% pay cut right there. All right. From all that deep stuff, my, the last question I have for, from get to know you is, uh, we'll start with Skylar this time. So if you could add any like faction or war band into Underworlds, what would it be? It'd be more elves. More elves. <laughs> that's that's what we need. More pointy ears. More pointy ears. <laughs> how, many, how, how many elven war bands do we have right now? There's got to be a lot. It's uh, almost tied for uh, Stormcast. So, well, Yothari doesn't count, right? Like they're. I was literally I just going to ask that. Yeah. I think they do. Okay. What okay. else? They have pointy ears. Yeah. All right. Trace Guys. had a count going. What do you got, Trace? Yeah. So Yothari. You got Yothari. Uh, uh, Skase Wild Hunt. Skase Wild Hunt. You have Mayari's Purifiers, Morgwaith's Blade Coven. Iden The Iden Neth. And I think that's it. Shadeborn. And Shadeborn. Shadeborn. So six yeah. total. Six. Okay. Yeah, they're they're getting up there with two, the uh, two dark cast. elf, one high elf, one wood elf, one whatever uh, sea elf, trauma elf. Are there yeah. are there any other craft worlds of Eldar that we can add into this game? Or I keep pushing Skyler towards them. Like <laughs> I need, I, yeah, we need an Eondin warband. You know, no, if you could put Marathi in Underworlds, Skyler would be thrilled. There you go. Absolutely. Um, to provide you with like a, a more detailed answer, uh, when Gore Chosen was teased, um, I uh, was you know wondering like just imagining you know what what could it be, uh, and I thought that there was going to be a blood ritual uh, a focus. So I was talking about like how cool would it be if the blood ritual mechanic will actually take. Hmm. Uh, all of the fighters off the board from uh, the Coronate Warband and replace them with a demon in like round three. And then you just have to deal mm. with this Molog sized demon just for like the final round if the Blood Ritual or if and when the Blood Ritual goes off. Um, I, I, I'd love to see something like that where it doesn't matter how many fighters die during the course of um, the first few rounds. If you can just get this blood ritual off, you have this demon on the board now that the other player has to contend with. That would be very uh, cool. I like that idea, actually. does sound very Cthulhu Death May Die, though. I know. Like, Skyler is really, <laughs> he's really scaring me here. Like, every, day, every point, I like rituals. I like rituals. <laughs> oh, he is. Yeah. But not taking a, inspiration from those other games, like that's big though, because that yeah. that introduces mm-hmm. new ways to play, and it's awesome. 
Yeah. All right, Brian, same to you. Any faction or any style war band you would add to Underworlds? More chaos. Um, I was <laughs> yes. I was wanting to see a large fighter, so Gore Chosen scratched that itch for me because Slag Slash was t- turned into a large fighter. Uh, but I was looking for like a seven, six wound, seven wound. But I think Molog's the only seven right now. But I'm not gonna lie. What I want to see out of Gnarlwood is a the first large fighter for an order faction, which I do not like orders. So I. I hate myself for saying this, but I want to see like a Kernothi hunter uh, on the board for a large fighter for a new Sylvaneth warband in Gnarlwood. So the Kernothi hunters are those like not tree lord ent yeah. guys, but they're like the medium dreadnought sized yeah. tree ants. I think that'd be awesome. That'd be cool. That's what the replace the tree kin of old. Yeah. That's what those are. Um, yeah, I love those models. That would be really cool to see. A more fighty, really... less magic-y, less yeah. runaway and hide elf Well, it'd faction. be like a... You could get an elf action... Yeah, an elf faction that wasn't just a bunch of nimbly uh, guys. You can mix it up a little bit. Yeah. So... That would be really cool. Wait. Yeah, so... Um, cool. Well, it's been a pleasure to get to know you. And uh, so we'll take a break here. And when we come back, Jason's going to walk us through or ask us through our thoughts on nemesis and rivals and we're back we're ready to get into the meat and potatoes of this episode and that's talk about nemesis and rivals and just our thoughts in amusing as we've had a couple weeks now and all of us have at least attended one event you know skylar and brian they put on a wonderful event up there uh, that was based on Nemesis. And Skylar, how many guys did you have show up? Twelve. Twelve participants. That's nice. fantastic. I'm, awesome. I'm pretty jealous of that. So, And we just had an eight-man Rivals event here this past weekend at the local GW store. I call it eight-man, but they kicked me out halfway through, so it really went down to six. Now we had a you drop. You kicked yourself out. I Correct. Yes. It's, let's, okay. it's a self-imposed kicking. That's what just <laughs> happened. So... Um, but we did have eight people show up and you know, we've, we've gotten as battle mail, we've gotten a number of nemesis games in. So just thought it would be a really good time to get everyone's thoughts on, on the format. So Brian, 12 participants, like how did you feel the, the event went from a nemesis standpoint? Was it fair? Was it engaging enough as a championship player to, to for you to have fun? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it lends itself really well to allowing for people who've been playing, like we have a weekly league, uh, we always play and we, we switch between, you know, we have the Nemesis event coming up. So we'll, everybody pivots to trying Nemesis decks. And it really lends itself to those of us that show up week by week and can go to that as well as somebody who's just like, I just bought Gnarlwood and I have the Nemesis box. Uh, so I'm just going to try it out. We have a friend who's been dabbling like that, um, who only is, seems has been interested at the Rivals Plus slash Nemesis level, and he came out and he joined in. Uh, we also had another player who showed up for like, uh, Skyler, Ben, shout out to Ben. Like he, sh- he showed up for like three or four weeks and at the weekly event nights and then 
played in his first event. Yep. The man, uh, very self-propelled, uh, doubted or did not take our warnings and brought uh, Eyes of the Nine with had, Deadly Depths. And had an absolute blast. Uh, he nice. had a blast. But he that man has been self-propelled, and kudos to him. Like That's the kind of energy we love to see. And we all said, don't do it, don't do it. And he's like, I'm going to go and have a blast. And he had a blast, but he was like, "It it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> I understand the warnings. I had fun. Yes. But uh, yes. wow, do I understand them now. <laughs> yes. So, so Skylar, like at the event, did you feel that it was less um, competitive just being Nemesis? No, um, I I strongly uh, enjoyed the competitive aspect of of that particular event. I for the Nemesis events. This is technically our second one that we've run this year because uh, we ran one uh, in Q two uh, for Arrivals Plus, right? Um, so we did. We're now doing quarterly tournaments, and we were actually able to hit uh and successfully do that um each quarter this year so we did championship then rivals plus then championship then nemesis and that'll very likely be our cadence uh going forward um but for these types of events because the idea is to uh, and, and brian uh, feel free to jump in here um because we want to grow the community even more with a nemesis event than we would with a championship event um mm-hmm. we approach it uh, especially the championship players that are, you know, going to conventions and trying to compete at big level tournaments, uh, we approach it a little differently. We'll, you know, grab a warband that we wouldn't, uh, and a um, rivals universal deck that we may not normally uh, approach, and try to compete as hard as we can with odd picks. So, like for the uh, Q2 tournament, I brought the Godsworn Illusionists. Uh, as I dubbed them. <laughs> and I may never touch the Godsworn hunt ever again. Uh, <laughs> Don't you talk ill Godsworn now. Come on. But I had a lot of fun doing it. I definitely went zero and four that day. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think that Nemesis does. It definitely has play for competitive events. Like you can definitely play it competitive nemesis event for sure um you will find that there will be combinations where the the biggest problem i would i would say that you might find is a new player not knowing which decks pair well might just be like i'm gonna take illusory might and um uh gore chosen and it's like that is not the best combination that you could have chosen um I just hope that you still enjoy the game enough to come back. <laughs> like, um, so if you're just picking a map at random and not doing any sort of test, you uh, can find yourself in a in a bad spot. But you could also find yourself in a spot where we didn't actually have one of these show up, but we had a Neural Spirit player bring. What did he bring? Illusory Might. Yeah, Illusory bring... Might. Yeah. So not what we feared which was gnarl spirit and tooth and claw showing up uh but he brought illusory might and that was a conscious choice on his part he's like yeah i don't think i need to go both um tooth and claw and gnarl spirit he also and loves the illusion package he does uh he is our illusion guy um and he did win the event with that and there you so go. uh i think it i think it's a great format like i do i think 
I think with tournaments in general, um, especially uh, ones or with the Nemesis format, it's important to just put your expectations uh, forward as an organizer and as a community as to what the goal of that Nemesis tournament is. Is it a new player uh, friendly tournament? Then don't bring the decks that are absolutely going to stomp all of the people that are trying this game. Um, but if you know you're advertising it as uh, you know, the most competitive nemesis tournament that we can host, then, uh, you know, go nuts. Just make sure mm-hmm. to set those expectations as a tournament organizer because nemesis has the power to be both. Um, whereas yes. a championship tournament doesn't. Uh, as soon as you say it's a championship tournament, then um, the sky's the limit, you know, on competitiveness. I think that's much better said than I could. <laughs> So you mentioned that you also held a Rivals Plus format and now the full like Nemesis style. Did you find that with the the loss of the Essentials pack that it was actually more competitive or more balanced, I guess? Did you see more, more balance, variety? More balanced, more interesting um, variety, uh, obviously there as a result. We were all looking forward to in, in the, uh, our local uh, area we were all looking forward to essentials eventually uh, getting pulled out of that format we all thought it was a matter of time and kind of just a placeholder um, because there were so few options and it was essentially you know in beta uh, as a format yeah and rivals plus was a community driven format to begin with so essentials pack was the community's choice to fill it in because at the time we only had silent menace and illusory might and I think they just can't come out with maze breachers as a uh, patch solution. And so that's what we had for the first event for Rivals Plus when it wasn't officially formatted. And yeah, Essentials dominated a lot of choices. Um, I think it still would. And it's one of the things that's got me excited for Forbidden Fortress because I think we could use some hold cards. Yeah, I mean... We'll, we'll wait to see what that deck has to bring us, but, you know, a fortress does say, I'm going to hold my territory, right? Here's hoping. That's, here's hoping. <laughs> so you also, in the pre-show, you mentioned that there was some concerns around the fact that the White Dwarf um, Rivals decks were taken away from the official format. How did you guys go about dealing with that? So for... Uh, our Nemesis tournament that we were hosting, that announcement came after we had um, announced our tournament and had uh, an event page up for, uh, and, you know, was already uh, trying to uh, get the word out uh, regarding that tournament. So when we uh, took a stab at writing the event list, we decided uh, consciously to remove the essentials pack, but to include all of the other options. So, then when the announcement came out that Nemesis was dropping the White Dwarf uh, ones as well as the Silent Menace, uh, the question came up, you know, do we pull those as well from our event? But we felt that it was because it was meant to grow the community and because we were already advertising that those were the decks that people could bring, we didn't want to throw a wrench in the mix one to two weeks away from our event. So we decided that, you know, people uh, were uh, possibly already planning to be there and we didn't want to limit any options. So everything was fair game. Uh, Funny enough, uh, none of them, nobody brought any of the White Dwarf 
uh, entries or the Silent Menace deck. I think there was just general enthusiasm across all participants to embrace you know, the new options and see what they can do with it, opposed to saying, you know, oh, I've got access to Vainglorious Raiders, which I think is, you know, particularly powerful uh, for this event. Um, so I'm going to try to exploit that, um, which, you know, was available. Uh, it wasn't, maybe exploit's too strong of a word there. Um, but I thought it was interesting that nobody went that route, that everybody was like, oh, let's try all the mm-hmm. new decks. So. I think that's awesome, though, like yeah. the the willingness to embrace the new, because um, that's something that happens a lot in the community is clinging to that old stuff, man. Um, so I think that that's I think that's awesome that you guys had most of your crowd embrace those new decks. I think the white dwarf entries were terrible for helping grow the format anyways. So I am happy to see them cut. Yeah. It was always hard to kind of explain. Like I understand that they were a stopgap to help grow in some format, help supplement the official releases, but yeah, they were tough to explain. Well, you know, if the power level on any of those is higher to, then people feel disadvantaged uh, by not having them. And to have like Vainglorious Raiders, for example, you know, you had to have a core box plus, mm-hmm. I believe, Buccaneers. So all of a sudden it went from, uh, you know, this easy buy-in of, mm-hmm. you know, Warband plus, you know, one 32-card deck to, oh, I've got to go get a core box in order to get ready for this Nemesis tournament. You know, that, that would have mm-hmm. felt bad. Yeah, I think the only one that really made sense as far as like that you could have potentially kept would have been maze breachers. Cause I think that was just the core box, right? So you could have the hero deep core box and right. pull a nemesis deck out of that. Um, but I think the yeah. other two required some additional purchases, including like, I think one of them had basically every single expansion from the hero deep, <laughs> um, the hero deep window. So, yeah. yeah, it's awesome that everyone embraced it. I, I think that the you know the white dwarf rivals decks was a great way to build momentum around rivals. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm glad that we're um, just down to actual rivals decks now. So. Agreed. For, for your guys's rival event, uh, did you find a lot of people just running their faction decks, or were a lot of people running rivals uh, or nemesis decks? instead of their faction decks so everybody at our event actually ran their faction deck um except if i would have actually played i would not so i really appreciate this question because um i think like a lot of long-term veteran players when we are leading up to this event and you know just for some transparency every single time we go and we run a learn to play at the event at the gw store it turns into Jason teaches and everyone else plays, right? Mm -hmm. So leading up, I'm like, oh, great, another Rivals event. Here we go. Like, what am I going to do? I've already played this. I really want to play Nemesis. Like, I want to play my Shadeborn. Um, And then the night before, it was literally the night before Jared and I were talking, and I mentioned off some Warbands that I was going to bring. And then I was just like, you want to know what? I'm going to bring Magors and Tooth and Claw. Mm -hmm. And instantly instantly i was super excited because here's i have a warband that i've played you know a hundred times 
not that much, but a number of times I know what the deck does like, or what the warband does, but now I can use a new deck and play an old favorite, right. And get a new experience with that warband. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was like. I super, I'm even, even more jazz. And it kind of opened my mind. Like, Holy cow. I can take all four of these decks and run a warband that I've played a number of times and have a new experience with it. Um, and I don't think all the warbands pair nicely with like the rivals decks. Like I'm not saying you got like yeah. 46, like amazing rivals decks, right. um, but there are a couple in there that, um, that I'm intrigued. Like I want to run Nur- Nurgle with uh, daring Delvers, right? Like I think there's could be some play there um, just cause it has a lot of ping. So, so no one did it, but if I had fully played through the events, I would have. Um, mm-hmm. But same question back to you guys. Did you have anyone show up to a Nemesis, Nemesis event with just a Rivals deck? Oh, huh. Yeah, no. No? I suppose, yeah. I suppose no. that is totally something that could be done. I, had, <laughs> I, I hadn't even thought about it. I did have uh, a uh, one of our guys showed up with Magors with Tooth and Claw, and that was totally breathed new life into Morgors. I'm like excited because I have Magor's painted up and I, I like think that would have probably done better than what I did with my dread pageant. But uh, yeah, the tooth and claw stuff just gives so much to a lot of those other war bands. I love to see it when uh, new cards breed, breathe new life into old war bands. Yeah. It's really that, cool. was, that was also an Alex and uh, that particular, yeah. particular Alex went or took second with that Magor's yep. uh, and Tooth and Claw build. There was yep. a uh, it was a triple Alex event. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> a fourth of the player base was named Alex. Yeah, wow, that's funny. We've had, we've had double Steven events before, but no no triples. So Jared, I kind of the same question to you, like going to a rivals event right? Like all rivals decks, what was your perception like going in being a veteran player? And then what is your perception of that event or that style event coming out from a competitive standpoint, from an engaging standpoint? Yeah. Um, so I think going into it, I was probably a little jaded just because like we played championship for as long as it's been around and we had kind of dabbled in the rivals, but to, to the point you made earlier, when you do a rivals event, whether it's a tournament or a meetup or whatever, it often feels like it's turning into a teaching event, like a learn to play event and not a, an engaging, you know, actually getting a little sweaty event. And so I wanted to pick something that I was going to be familiar with but had not played recently and also was painted. And so um, I, I had been running Headcrackers Mad Mob for a long time. And if I had not been, that probably would have been the warband that I chose. Um, but I also didn't want to come in, you know, with something that was going to be like either really bad or like really good. Because um, uh, I think there are a handful of warbands that just ha- are really good in the Rivals format. I think Dreepers Creepers is one of those, mm-hmm. um, as was attested by my second round game against a first time player that I won because Kanan was standing on an objective and we had the same amount of glory. 
Um, and so, so yeah, so picking Kanan's Reapers, you know, I knew the Warband, I knew Kanan was going to be tough to deal with in the Rivals format because there is not a lot of heavy damage. Um, and, you know. Yes, if, he was. And uh, <laughs> if, uh, if if the Natterite can spike right, like, yeah. the the Mortex can do work. So but, go but back they also, to... Okay, go, yeah. So no, go, interrupt me. Go, sorry, going back to that second game against we have a brand new player that's really learning the game with you know drepper the dreepers creepers that that tested your knowledge base did it not how so you had to know how like what cards are coming out from dreeper you had to know what they do like you have a squishy war band like so was that on a mental exercise on how to get through that matchup or oh, were, I mean, you were just like yeah, holding and, on for dear life. No, no. So it was definitely like a mental exercise. And I think probably like I have not played Dreppers a lot. And that actually, so there are some cards in that deck that are highly favorable against. They're so scary. Against uh, against a large warband. So they have yeah. six total in phase glory that they can score for for killing four or fewer fighters. So there's a one glory for killing two, two glory for killing three and three glory for having four fighters out of action in any end phase. And at the end of the game, he, so at the end of action phase two, he had no fighters left. I had managed to like maneuver around him. I had lost four more techs at this point, but Kanan and uh, Kenta were able to finally take everybody down. Um, And I said, okay, at this point, we should walk through the rest of the game because you have options to discard cards, draw new cards. You may have stuff in your deck that you can score, even if you have all of your fighters out of action. And so we did that. And then the third in phase, he got five more glory because he had killed four, four of my Mortex. Hmm. Um, and That's it was significant a, uh, rivals. Yeah, yeah, it's huge. Um, and so I had forgotten that those cards existed. And if I had remembered that those cards had existed, I probably would not have pushed my Mortex up as much as I did. Um, And so it just goes to show, Jason, I think to your point that like it can change your game plan like on the fly per matchup based on the Warband that you're bringing and the Warband that you're facing. Uh, And so it, it still has that like competitive decision-making requirement but it's just made at the table and it's not made in the pregame yeah. is, is that enough to drive you to go to another rivals event i mean i would go to a rivals event just because i love to play warhammer underworlds but you know knowing that it it may not be as deep as nemesis or not nearly as deep as championship when it comes to the deck building uh, there's still enough there that it's an engaging format it's still fun to play it's still playing with my plastic war dollies and (laughs) shuffling cards and rolling dice so i think if it's a weekend where there's two events being held at two different locations that i could you know get to uh and one was rivals and one was nemesis i'm going to the nemesis one every time um i'm happy that rivals is is there for sure However, I feel that there is such a disparity um, when 
you're picking a warband for rivals, especially if you're the type of player that just wants to grab a faction that you're attracted to. Uh, you love the models, you love the lore, um, you're coming from uh, an Age of Sigmar game system, and they're a faction that you uh, are already familiar with, and so you're just excited to play a warband from them. You know, whatever the reason is that's you know drawing you to a particular warband, uh, I think if you show up to a rivals tournament, uh, you could uh, learn, unfortunately, that that warband just simply is, you know, a cut, below, a cut below the rest. Yeah, uh, not, a, not on par. But uh, at a Nemesis tournament, bring that same warband and all of a sudden you can bring them up to mm. compete with the rest of the Nemesis pool uh, in most cases. Yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, and I think I'm in the same boat. I think if I had, if by some miracle in the Raleigh Durham area, there were two Warhammer Underworlds events on the same weekend, I don't know how that would happen because we end up running all of them. Trace is <laughs> running one, Jason is running yeah. the other. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> that I, I think I'm with you. I think that I would, I would choose the Nemesis event over the Rivals event, um, probably every time. But that, I mean, that'll likely never happen. And so, if if it's Rivals, it's Rivals, and I'll do my best. But but at this point now, because I I I hit the epiphany on the car ride up with Jason to the event that I could grab, uh, you know, daring Delvers and far striders mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. run far striders with the daring Delvers deck, for instance, you know, and mm-hmm. just rely on the far strider stat block to weather attacks and then mm-hmm. key into the fact that I want to be in enemy territory anyway. I do love that and, option. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I think that opens up a lot because like, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's exactly what Jason said. Now I have three and a half decks to choose from because nobody's ever going to take deadly depths mm-hmm. um, with the 46 warbands that I own. I think the only shame there is it does pull flavor away from that warband. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because they, they, the faction cards often bring the unique sauce to a lot of factions like for instance the dread pageant don't really have a whole lot going on their fighter cards other than they can heal and glazette's on guard but all of their slaneshi's like fluff and what they do as a faction is in their power cards right correct yeah you definitely lose flavor but if this is the you know the reset for you know underworlds in these formats i think that you know we're driving home the point that if everything from here going forward follows this format and is very level set right like if each rivals deck and rivals deck for their warband are similar you're going to end up with a point where even going to a rivals event is pretty competitive and i don't think it'll ever be a hundred percent there's too many damn warbands but um it could be just as balanced as championship because this is not championship like you know there's like 10 warbands that dominate the scene every season so so a question for you trace because you're the returning player to a rivals event like easy to pick up you went out there you rolled some dice was it as engaging and as fun as your previous experience with championship a couple seasons ago so i think i've said this to you guys before but i 
it might have been to somebody else when we were at the event, but it brings it taps into a different part of your brain. Um, with the with championship, there is a lot of cognitive load that's spent well before you even get to the event, right? So you're trying to figure out, you're tuning your deck, you're trying to figure out how to make that deck as optimized as possible and reduce your deficiencies as much as, as, much as possible. With Rivals and Nemesis, since your card pool is so significantly dis, you know, decreased, you're tapping into a different part of your brain, which is, I know I have deficiencies, mm. and how do I work around those deficiencies? And... It just it it still scratches that itch because you now have to problem solve not only your warband but your opponent at the same time. Whereas, like in championship, you have done as much tuning as possible to make sure that you don't have to worry about your warband. It just works as much as possible. But it, I, you know, as a returning player. I appreciate that because I know that my opponent has the same deficiency as I do. Right. So if I can overcome my deficiencies better than my opponent, then that, you know, I think that that is a quality to the game that has been not missing, but it, it, it takes a level of skill to overcome deficiencies just as it takes a level of skill to craft your deck, to prevent those deficiencies from even happening in the first place. So I appreciate it, and I felt like all of my games were fun and competitive because you can't just rely – like, you're not going to always have that plus one dice or, you know, that card that you rely on for this one thing that you want to try and do. So I, I think that it, it it provides an opportunity to new players to grow more in the game because they have to learn about their warband – and then they also have to figure out how to come, you know, overcome those holes for themselves. And then the, the, the rivals decks that you can supply with Nemesis as well can bridge that gap, but they're not going to do it like Championship was. And it doesn't come with the added financial cost or the, um, the additional, like I said, cognitive load prior to your event altogether, which is what like I got behind and I felt like I was never able to catch up after that point. So that's kind of my thoughts on why, why I think rivals and rivals in, you know, and nemesis are both very valid and competitive formats just because you can, you can place handicaps on yourself by picking a war band that intentionally has more, faults to be like okay i really feel like trying to be i really want to stretch this brain of mine out and see how i can do against some of these more tuned rivals there's, decks. there's only one person that plays is to lose here and that's me okay <laughs> like so that so that was a really long like trying to get to this point um that i witnessed firsthand at our event on saturday is the the person playing night haunt or, or I'm sorry, Dreepers Creepers was Brian. And Brian was brand new, like walked in, like I think he had one other game under his belt from when we started playing. 
and we all like we would all agree that that is a really good rival stack right it's very good it's very good (laughs) and at the end of the event he bought the starter set so like he had so much fun coming in learning the game having that little overpowered um not overpowered but finer tuned rivals deck right it's mm-hmm. so it's sold the box so mm-hmm. and we out of all the events we have hosted that event sold five different items of warhammer underworlds most of them like season kits some of them war bands um so it was highly lucrative for the shop it seems like we have a bunch of people that are showing up tomorrow for our normal meetup. So um, it achieves it achieved its objective. So I go back to my last point that I made when we were talking with Brian. Like, would you, how do you think someone that showed up at a Nemesis event would do with some of the top rivals decks, warbands, like Dreepers Creepers, like uh, Gnarl Spear Pack? Would it, would it be a good time for them? I think I yes. Think, yeah, I think, I think so. Yeah, it would. I I one hundred percent think so. Because we all make we all make mistakes when we're making a championship deck and we're playing the game and someone was like, "Why did I think this would ever work?" Yeah. So it's not like championship just means the decks in a championship event are just going to beat the pants off of a nemesis deck. Like we all come up with crazy ideas. You're like, oh, I think this might work. And like, there's other, it's like one of the ideas I, I thought of when we were going to start podcasting was evaluating cards based on dogma. Or if you were like, this, maybe this, maybe this could work or like maybe hunger will be something. Um, but <laughs> championship isn't guaranteed to be, uh, you know, overpowered over nemesis. I think a nemesis deck could do just fine. And, Depending on the combination, Wraith Creepers, Gnarl Spirit, Tooth and Claw, there's all kinds of things. I had uh, I had uh, my own experience with Wraith Creepers where he put Beast Caller onto the Patrician. Mm. And so he was making music and pushing dudes all around the board. And it was, talk about mental load, I, w- I could not fathom. He was like, I'm going to push here and then I'm going to push here. I was like, I think that's how it works. Like, Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> I think the thing that always gets me with Dreeper is that Drepper, Dreeper, whatever, however yeah. you want to say his name, um, is the range two on almost mm-hmm. all the fighters. Like mm-hmm. that catches so many people out. It's it's wild. Yeah. It was rough with Gortrosen. Yeah, I would imagine so. So just to go back, because you meant you mentioned Beast Caller, and like let's just call out the combo so our listeners understand what's going on here. Right, oh, sure. so so beast caller is when a savage friendly fighter is the target of an attack action. This fighter is supporting that fighter. Reaction: After a savage fighter is pushed, other than by this reaction, push that fighter one hex towards this fighter. So, the drum drummer beats the drum on a savage fighter. You push the the you know the fighter normally, and then you react and push them again. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot of movement. That yeah. another, especially another for a range two fighter. Yes, yeah. you know exactly. Absolutely, all of that. Um, but the other thing to point out is, uh, I was also running uh, tooth and claw, so I was 
running Savage Tech. Uh, but you, you as the Drippers player, bring Tooth and Claw. You can other the other fighters are also considered savage when they meet those things, right? Mm-hmm. So he yeah. could push his guys in accordance with Beast Caller, based on my fighters being savage. So he could push his fighters closer to mine. Yeah, it says after a savage fighter is pushed, other than by this reaction. So yep. like if you. If you push, if you drive back an enemy savage fighter, then you can then push them another hex. He was doing all kinds of things to me. <laughs> I, was like, I was just like, oh, I'm still at range two with my range one fighters against all this, the pokey pikes from the creepers. That's that's an awesome combo. So that leads us to our next question. You know, what is the what is your favorite war band deck combination or the craziest combination you saw in nemesis. I'll jump in with great, with a crazy one. Uh, and it's, it's good. Um, shout out to a local of ours named Taylor. He is playing around with a, uh, drum daring Delvers deck right now, or sorry, uh, Gore chosen, uh, daring Delvers deck right now. And he doesn't have any of the exploration scoring cards in there. That's not that's not what it's there for. He's doubling down on domains and ping, and, oh. and scoring off of both. And it's it's gross. <laughs> it's great. I was he was like, oh, I really want to try this. I th- I think I've got something here. Not sure, but like you know, just, just, uh, let, let's sit, let's sit down and play and that particular game he beat me like 16 to 8 um and uh what was i running i was running um oh hexbane <laughs> oh i was so sad in that particular game i was running hexbane hunters um and i started the game off with um two surges in my hand one was uh, get a kill after they've uh, taken one of your fighters out of action uh and then the other one was uh, a little bit of tooth and claw spice I was bringing, uh, which was the uh, Savage Exemplar, I think is what that card's called, where uh, your fighter has taken um, a second or subsequent uh, fighter out of action. So your leader is the cause of a second one uh, going out during the course of the game. So I held those uh, from round one through round three. <laughs> both of those uh he in round one he couldn't land any attacks against me but i was able to uh take out dad bod um so i wasn't able to score the the waiting card the you know that oh he's taking one of mine out and here's the revenge kill there's a point for me nope uh you know i killed dad bod too early um so then it was just drum and the gore hulk left and i um got drum down to one health and then he had the domain in play where after a charge, uh, doesn't matter if it's his fighters or your fighters, after a charge, roll a dice for each out of fighter or each out of action fighter on your team. So he had to roll one uh, <laughs> for Herax. For Herax being out and got that crit and Drom went down and I was. <gasps> internally screaming because I like I had killed Herox with uh, Haskell. So I was primed for both. 
And um, I got my two glory for it, but it should have been a five glory kill <laughs> had he not just pinged himself out. And then I'm like, okay, okay, that's fine. I'm still going to hold these. They're surges. I'll just take out the Gore Hulk in round three. And then he tosses on the round three, uh, you cannot kill me uh, upgrade. Yeah. On <laughs> After his first activation. <laughs> And I just, I could, my eyes were screaming at him. He's like, "You okay over there, dude?" He's just like, "Yeah, yeah." I'm just gonna start cycling yeah. some cards. That is an amazing combination. That is, and that's a good call wow. too. Like, I mean, so just from glory alone, there are, one, there's three objectives that are gonna score from just basically having domains, right? So that's yep, correct. That's a pretty pretty good uh seed glory um let alone the domains for the warband kind of help them like all train gear plus two move like who doesn't want to have that yeah Um, that's like i hadn't looked at that like um you know trace built this deck for our nemesis library so i haven't looked at gore chosen in um in a, a nemesis yeah this like there's some play there i'm i'm excited yeah. I'm gonna have to dabble in this it it was a tough decision for me when i went through and was making that deck but ultimately i was just like i have to put i mean gore swamp i have to put gore swamp in this deck oh like, my I, god ha- yes, i have to do, do it <laughs> i have to do it so just by that by by uh you know just having those cards available and having a card that says if you are a corn fighter i was like oh well, I have to do this now. <laughs> so, so that's the, that was the reasoning by that, why that deck is on our, on our, on our website. But I, I did heavily weigh, um, the, the other deck as well, just for the domains and for some of those other synergies that were there. Yeah. Yeah. The gambits in that deck, he's just running six domains, three pings and that, oh, yeah. that double move card. That's just high value. Yep. And he's just fishing for, you know, sudden demise and <laughs> all that fun stuff. Absolutely. There's yeah. a there's a uh, end phase card that's going to score three glory for them. Just mm-hmm. if, if I recall correctly, if four fighters uh, either side of the field are just uh, damaged. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Oh, Real fun. I'm, I'm excited. Real fun build. I'm excited. So what else? What are some other crazy, uh, crazy uh, combos or things that you really like out of nemesis i think just sudden demise is gonna it's it's the one thing that's drawing me to daring delvers where i just can't look away um it's the card that's gonna launch a thousand ping decks whether it's in uh champion or nemesis it's like uh dread pageant have their own lethal ward in faction as well as um it's like I, I, as well as some of the pings in the faction deck, I'm like, can I outping other factions? What other factions have more pings? Am I just gonna be trounced because Hadzu and Glizette can get got really easy with pings? Glizette is such a tasty two ping target. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's true. So I'm nervous. I, I want to try it, but I, I just need to play games to figure out what does or doesn't work because, um who was it I was playing against and they brought the pings and I felt it, it was harsh. 
can't remember what faction it was. So you'll have to circle back to me. But uh, also, just the Skyler's Skyler sees the uh, the bigger picture when he reads a card, and I was like, I hadn't even considered using it on the Grot from this faction, but I'm glad you saw that. <laughs> <laughs> so just to like to read sudden demise, right? It's it's out of daring devilers uh, surge hybrid score this immediately after an enemy fighter is taken out of action by a lethal hex, which eh, you yeah, know whatever. Um, or an enemy fighter is taken out of action by a gambit. So that's where the ping comes in. And not only is there a lot of ping in this deck or other warband decks, this one's worth two glory, and that's what makes it a yeah. tasty treat. So, oh wow, two glory surge, tasty, tasty. That is a good one. It's, it's actually essentially a reprint, right? One there, there was one that was like this before. It wasn't two was glory. It was a like similar one, Gorn but it was only one season. glory. Yeah. Yep. Because um, I ran it yeah. when I was playing with Hrothgorn and flipping all the feature tokens over and making people pay for it. Um, yeah. And it doesn't just have to be a lethal uh, hex. It just says a yeah, not a, not just a lethal hex, but also yeah. just a gambit card. So mm-hmm. like, so that domain sadistic. is is good. <laughs> yeah. Jared, what about you? Trace, any crazy combos, things that you're liking? Uh, I'll go for the the full face value one of Kira plus Brutal Transformation to have a three damage sweeping attack with four dice and Grievous. Um, It's pretty gross. Uh, I'm a man of simple needs, and that fulfills all of them. High damage and lots of dice, so... That's a that's an easy one to uh, you know I didn't put a lot of thought into that one. Just can't, um, just can't be part of a super action. I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm just, yeah, but you got feral instincts though. Correct. I mean, feral instincts, and then they're in faction plus one damage. Yeah, gives her a damage three, damage three, scything attack. But just all the dice, and she's yeah. she's pretty reliable as it is, and just gives her lots of options. Essentially, is what I was getting at. So lots of. Yeah. Lots of ways to kill you, which is what she likes to do anyway. Yeah. Jared, anything? Yeah, so, I mean, Scathe and, and uh, Tooth and Claw, I think there's a lot of fit there. Um, it's just, I mean, they want to charge anyway, so you get them all savage. Um, daring Delvers and Yothari's Guardians. Oh my god, just stop. <laughs> but there's a gambit in there that you can heal each fighter. There is. Just stop. There is. Just stop. I was oh, looking at that there. earlier. I was like, oh, Jared's gonna totally. So Skylar <laughs> ran <laughs> Skylar ran Tooth and Claw and um uh what you call it? Scaith's Wild Hunt. Did it work out? Did, did, was it good? Uh no, so I actually brought Scaith's and Daring Delvers. Oh. Why'd uh, you go Daring Delvers? For the Nemesis event. Uh, well, they've got really good range, um, so I was thinking I could easily pop over the line whenever I needed to to jump on that exploration scoring. Um, I think there were some other synergies that I was excited about, but they are not coming to mind at the moment. Did you put in the bad. upgrade that allows you to ignore terrain and stuff in there for range fighters? Oh, no, no, I didn't. <laughs> I, I just figured that um, a lot of the time I felt like 
with tooth and claw, both tooth and claw and daring delver, they're going to be pulling you over the line into your, mm-hmm. um, the opponent's board. So uh, I decided not to take that card simply because I was just like, oh, I'll just avoid walls on my board picks and yeah. I'm really not going to have to worry about it much because I'm going to be spending most of my time dealing with an invader and then just uh, sidestepping them to jump over the line for a little bit of exploration scoring here and there. Has anybody seen or thought of a warband that is going to really dive into Daring Delver's exploration mechanic? Like, and score that three glory surge uh, to have exploration level 10. I think the Grimwatch um, would be a really fun one to try that equation with. I came pretty close to getting 10 glory with Kagra with them. Uh, or the 10 exploration count with, with mm. Kagra. Um, I think I had like eight or nine. At some Side, point. Sidebar, Kagra loves gnarlwood yes yes she does her power level has gone way up yeah rules sorry go ahead yeah she was my that's in my uh that's my sleeper pick (laughs) of comeback comeback kid of the year is kagra's ravagers um they have a lot of really good factions you have a lot of good in faction cards strength and wounds and um all that all that fun stuff and delver's kind of just goes hand in hand with that with me um you could also put tooth and claw in there and they'll be just as happy with that um but i think that you know not being not requiring an objective token and just being on a feature token of some kind and then allowing them to score those feature tokens and still have desecration tokens on them Mm. it's it's pretty good so yeah yeah i mean to go back to the question though like what what warband can score 10 right um, I think it's going to be hard. Like it's really, it's really difficult. I think Grimwatch is a great place to start yeah. because you do res a fighter for free. Um, the only other one, and I'm going to give a shout out to Zach uh, Newcomb. And I don't, I know he's been trying it in championship and I think it translates pretty well is uh, exile dead. You might mm-hmm. be able to get enough explorers like, you know, fighters with the Explorer upgrade into enemy territory and standing yeah, on yeah. feature tokens, um, you know, if you can just stop the bleed, because in Nemesis, they bleed a lot of glory. So, oh. mm-hmm. yeah, I could see that, too. I'll, I'm going to throw one more out there. All right, here we go. So I wonder about crushes. Yothari's Guardians. He's oh, uh, not Yothari's Guardians. So crush- oh, but I, but like legitimately, I wonder about crushes because they want to be in enemy territory anyway, and they're mm-hmm. five wound fighters that will hit back real hard. So in the in the Nemesis format, where that coveted plus one damage is more limited, and you just have a fighter that can you just have them hand. alive long enough to get to ten yeah. exploration yeah, count. I think that's going to get you nine reliably if you're not doing placing objectives and i expect one to two of them will go down so yeah you'd have to be placing a lot of objectives i haven't seen a lot of plunder either happening like we don't actually have a lot of destroy the objective mechanics going off only if you play if you play narrow spirit pack and you play like in rivals you will blow up objectives Um, i think for crushes to to do that jared you got to really leverage plunder to the knowledge like you really need to get that yeah. take out of action. Uh, yeah, take out of action and increase your exploration count. Yeah. yeah. 
that's very true. Because the other thing too with a three fighter warband is you still got to remember that you got to protect your own objectives. So right. if someone yeah. knows you're leaning into it, like they can just run and stand in your yeah. own territory, and then it fights that's against true. fights against crushes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I do have a a major fear of all the beast type cards from Tooth and Claw on Exile Dead. Yes, beast. there's a bestial transformation which uh, has a lot of restrictions, but not a lot of restrictions that count for the zombies. Uh, plus two damage to a beast's attack action, and they can't do super actions. Yep. Zombies don't care about that. No, nope. you're gonna have Coil hitting me for four damage be great five if you're staggered no thank you <laughs> go away now please thanks well good good thing we always have hexbane there to keep them in keep them in <laughs> yeah cold iron nails yeah the the pistol man that's the oh yeah in rivals there's the pistol and then the spell that jason did to, that to me yeah the spell was pretty fun the knot Car- spell the, yeah the knot spell it's the lantern that just like killed you i forget exactly. one damage to yeah. each fighter within two hexes or something silly like that something oh, silly as an action it's right? like an aoe right? yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah so he so i did you know i did the dance macabre and he shot every zombie and then he lit the lantern and all of my zombies died it's <laughs> <laughs> it good it's times. a lantern nice. of vengeance it's spell action cast on a uh focus uh, if cast, deal one damage to each enemy fighter within two X's of this fighter. This fighter is a wizard, which, well, which attempting to cast the spell, where X is the number of friendly hunters that are out of action to a maximum yeah. of three and can't yeah. attempt to cast any other spell. After this yeah. fighter makes it, it breaks it. So, What round was it? It was round three. Yeah. It was at the uh, end of the game. Yeah. So, And uh, I had gotten... Um, Silent Pock and one more out, right? Like yeah. you were rolling two dice. I was rolling two because you got uh, a yeah. uh, Bridget and Silent Pock were gone. Yeah, yeah. So. All right, good times. Good yeah. times. So we we've talked about that. We've gone through kind of crazy combos. Like, is there anything left from the from the event? Like highlights uh, of a certain war band or a certain certain thing that happened that like you guys wanted to share? Uh, how often do you show up to an event and get faced off against one of the other fine folk here on the podcast today? That happened yesterday. All the time. <laughs> Never. Brian, Brian and I tend to uh, kick off uh, event days uh, paired up against each other. <laughs> nice. So I uh, uh, sat down immediately and it was like, oh, Scathe against Dread Pageant. We've done Classic. this dance plenty of times. Classic. <laughs> That's awesome. And for one of yeah. you, the tournament is over. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it always thinks if you guys do, do use BCP um, or you go to a lar- larger events, um, make sure you register with your team name so that does not happen round one. So. Yep. Oh. Yeah, if you put yeah. the same team yep. name in BCP, it'll no automatically pairing. Yep. Today I learned... There you go. So I had surprisingly, because I wasn't sure how often this was going to happen. Um, I was I inspired like Kanan's Reapers inspired every game early, like either sometime late in action phase one or early in action phase two. 
Hmm. Um, and I think that it is largely due to the fact that in the rivals format, the make a choice card, like the the get to reroll oh, or get to attack yeah. again or oh, whatever, terrible. or give like, me tithe or give me two tithe counters. It's like those are actually legitimately bad choices. I legit in told Jared format. in our game, I was like, I know you're about to score a card off of this, but I don't care because it's I don't a, want you to get rerolls. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, it's they're just bad yeah. choices. All of them. Yeah. And then and then in another game, it was like I could attack again or you can give me two tithe counters. And he was like, yeah, you can just have the two tithe counters. And I was like, cool, thanks. I'll inspire now. Yeah. Yeah, I knew um, it was coming, but I yeah, that's like, so, you do that. And me have my fighter. <laughs> I had so, forgotten how bad those mm-hmm. choices were. They're terrible in in rivals, like in 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 championship. People are like, sure, yeah, whatever. Take an extra dice because I've got damage mitigation or right. whatever. I've got contingencies in play, but I don't, I don't think they exist as strongly in Rivals. It's when somebody pops out a Dwarden Resilience on you and you're like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I hate that card. Well, great. So we've talked about the events, how great they were. We've kind of gushed a little bit on the new formats and how it's great for introductory and gives us veteran players just enough to scratch that itch and make our brains hurt. Is there anything that we don't like about the formats? I'll, I'll start off with, I wish that they had put a stronger contender in the Gnarlwood box to the Gnarl Spirit pack because mm. Sons of Elmorn versus Gnarl Spirit feels bad for somebody just assuming that a core box would have evenly matched factions. Could not agree more. The rivals pairing specifically there um, with, yeah. with with the Warband decks. Um, I love uh, where they went with that core box and how approachable it is both for rivals and nemesis uh, um, intro- introductions for new players, um, as well as just uh, like what that core box you know, can give you from like permutations. Like there, there's a lot of game uh, there for a new player, but when the first impression is very likely going to be uh let's grab you know the warbands that we just you know assembled and their corresponding decks and and go forth then uh sons of elmorn is a is a rough shake for a first impression yeah yeah i i i agree with that although you know i always gravitate to the sucky so i love sons of elmorn they're the greatest <laughs> warband ever. Um, I also have weighted dice that always roll crits, so I don't know why it, it doesn't always <laughs> yeah, works out for helps. me. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, anything else? Like, or Another would be is, um, I think, in Nemesis, if you pay the pay the what is it, the premium price to go back in history and grab a Molog, mm-hmm. I think that could add a lot of feel-bads for somebody being like, oh, this guy's clearly a strong contender for anybody to pick up that doesn't mean that you're not gonna like it it really relies on pilot skill but uh malog can be a lot of bad experience and somebody might just assume that he's paywalled behind the ebay price and yeah could be a feel bads but that's nothing new for malog yeah right like that we've been dealing with malog like that for years <laughs> for so sure. <laughs> uh, for, troll for gonna the, troll exactly mm-hmm. uh for the rivals format um i think one of the things that 
what bums me out, uh, so I'll toss this in as a dislike, is sometimes, um, especially with older Rivals decks, uh, I feel like this is getting uh, better and better with new releases, um, that it, it wasn't designed as one cohesive uh, goal. It wasn't designed as... It was more so designed as a toolkit. Like, here's the different routes you could take with yeah. the score band. Yes. Here's right. yep, all the build paths available to you. So when you sit down and shuffle up, um, then the synergies uh, are, are really rough. And so playing against the new war bands um, who have a little bit more of that synergy, that, that's a positive. I'm happy to see that. But um, like when you're playing these others uh a lot of the time your it matters when your clunk comes up i guess is what i'm trying to uh, mm-hmm. arrive at here and, and this can be said of of new and old releases sometimes if your opponent draws into um just great cards out of the gate and you you know drew some clunkers or some bad synergies mulligan and end up in the same boat um it's it's harder to st- to steer it's harder to uh course correct in rivals than nemesis uh say because in nemesis you can define your goals a little bit better and uh, weed out uh some of those things that would just be clunkers that you're either going to have to cycle or make um like bad choices uh to to uh, get scored or or handle properly so you mean like Wormspat starting with three search cards in their rivals decks is mm-hmm. is good? <laughs> it's the best. OP. It's the best. Exactly. One playing Nurgle, Wormspat, just pick a real rivals deck, you'll fare better. Yes. <laughs> Agree. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. No, great point. Well, good. Well, I think that pretty much covers it. Uh, again, I thank you guys for sharing your experience at the Nemesis and the Rivals events. Um, again, for me, like I am very jazzed from a, from a nemesis standpoint with the Shadeborn and daring delvers, like placing tokens and getting to jump across the board is, is a little bit of work, but I love it. Uh, and I'm excited when I can finally get my fiends out there with a rivals deck of tooth and claw. So, uh, thank you all for sharing your experiences. And with that, we will take a break and come with the outro. And we're back, and that'll wrap us up for this, the 46th episode of the Battle Mallet Podcast. Um, I want to take thank everyone uh, uh, for taking the time to listen to this episode. Uh, for anyone that isn't familiar, we're on Facebook. We're Battle Mallet Podcast. We are Battle Mallet PCast on Instagram and Battle Mallet One on Twitter. Um, so you can find us there. We have a Discord um, that we are regularly chatting about the game, sharing hobby progress pictures, and all of those things. Um, and you can find that in the show notes. Uh, we love feedback on the episode. So if you have an episode thought or an idea, uh, we'd love to hear it. Um, yeah. So uh, any, I think, yeah. Any closing thoughts, any shout yeah. outs, events to plug? Brian Schuyler, where can people find you? So we are members of the Mortal Realms podcast channel network uh we are on the what the hex podcast and you can go to the mortal realms website the realms.com for all things age of sigmar story phase dogs war cry what the hex etc as well as our blog posts and podcast episodes and a link to our discord yep 
Nice. Yeah. So we'll we'll link to that in the show notes as well. Yeah, and if you're and, if you're a fan of AOS, their Discord is fantastic. There is conversations going on all the time on all games AOS a narrative, uh, yeah. like the uh, lore, the books, all that stuff. Great, great uh, community to be a part of. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, Brian, Skyler, you guys have any events coming up? Uh, we are having, like we said before, we're going to do a quarterly tournament. Uh, so the next one will be a championship event looking in Q1 of 2023, uh, probably around January since in March we'll then have Adepticon. So we're going to have an event right after the holidays, get everybody back up and running, uh, gearing up for Adepticon. So keep an eye out for that announcement. Uh, we'll be announcing yes. it uh, on the What the Hex podcast as well as on our Discord. And we're throwing that dart towards the end of January right now. Yep. Cool. Awesome. Well, we don't have anything official coming up anytime soon, but uh, I know that there are several stores in our area that have gotten the OP kits. Um, so as soon as we have more information about events for those, uh, we'll definitely be announcing those out here. So. Uh, I just want to say thanks again to Brian and Skylar for joining us tonight. Uh, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show and and to get insight from other gamers in the community um, and really to just continue to um, be megaphones for the various communities uh, that exist for the Underworlds game. So, uh, so thanks. Yeah, thanks for having us. And uh, this little crossover endeavor was fun. Agree. It's been a blast. Uh, yeah, I had a lot of fun doing the the battle report with phil so uh right back yeah, at so, you, right back at you on getting to know you guys this is this yeah. has been fun for sure and we'll work cool. on stuff in the future because uh me and skyler are both always talking about is it 2023 or 2024 that we should make a trip to nova yeah Ooh. come on think, down uh, 2023 sounds good <laughs> that's what i was saying we're, we're looking at it yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm rooting for 2023. So you got to convince that one. Yeah, yeah, I'm in. Let's do oh, it. Okay. Nice, nice. We'll be there. Word. It is now official. It's been I'll recorded. Buy a couple drinks at the canteen. Oh. It'll be fantastic. Now we gotta. Now we gotta work on Phil and Davy and Josh. Oh my gosh, that would be it's just incredible. That would be Let's awesome. Go. Let's go. That's a super genuine commitment for me. By the way, you know, we've been juggling uh, Brian and I. Uh, uh, offline, whether it was going to be LVO or Nova this next year, we wanted to do yeah. one, one of the two. Uh, so <laughs> Nova, it is then. Awesome, nice. that would be awesome. I'd love Here to get out guys. to Adepticon, but that's Emma's birthday, so yeah. can't happen. I just had a conversation with my fiance about what months are we going to try to have kids so that that way they don't get born in conflict with one of the kids. Uh, <laughs> that's some forethought, friend. How, Heck yeah. How did that conversation go? Because that, you know, you're not married yet, so maybe it was okay because after you're married, that's not going to fly. So, talking about uh, balancing life and games, man, that's, wow. that is like... Hey, man, we, we talked about her, like, rent fair stuff, too. Like, she wanted okay. to make sure that we... Okay. Yes, it goes both yeah. ways. It's all about balance. Exactly. Right. It is. Exactly. <laughs> Gosh. It's like you it's guys amazing. have been a part of this podcast the whole time. Oh, Word. So good. Well, I think that's wrap, wraps us up. So uh, for the Battle Mallet Podcast, we are three dads and two gamers who drink Wisconsinably. This is Jared signing out. I'm going to go trudge the 
Gore Swamp. This is Trace signing out. Oh, sudden demise. (laughs) (laughs) Adios, guys. That was great. And this is Skyler signing out. (laughs) I don't even know how I come back from that. I am Jason Table Newberry. Get the hell out of here. Peace. Go Bells. The Battle Mallet Podcast is protected under the Creative Commons license. If you have further questions as to its use, you can find more information via links on podcast.battle-mallet.com. Music by Anno Domini Beats. are sponsored by Trojan. Trojan, man.